Hello, you are listening to the 100th episode of the Seed Set of Movies. My name is Colin under C. Uh, joining me as ever uh, is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Woohoo! 100, Colin. 100. 100 episodes. Well, knowing how professional you are in editing, Colin, yes. I'm imagining there's a marching band sounding right now while we're speaking this and, you know, sounds of confetti, people cheering and applauding this 100th episode. I reckon I could, I could probably get some cheering sounds in yeah, there. Yeah, you can put that through. Yeah. Put that in. We need to do something different after the 99 episodes after all. This when, is the 100th episode. 100th. When, um, when friends reached 100 episodes, uh, the network gave them a cake. If, have you got have you got a cake? Uh, there's a lemon drizzle cake in the kitchen right now. It's okay. not mine, but I can okay. eat it, I guess. You enjoy that. I, um, I don't live anywhere near you, so I guess, <laughs> I, guess I don't get to. Uh, what are we doing today? We are we're looking at our ten, fa- or, yeah, our ten favorite films uh, since we started doing this podcast all those episodes ago. Uh, not necessarily films that we covered in the podcast, just uh, released in that time period. Long time uh, ago, though, four years. Yeah, we started off with well, I'll, we started off with Captain America: Civil War back in there, didn't we? Um, yeah. The reason I'm being a bit cagey is that our quiz, in a very self-indulgent manner, is all about. <laughs> our own podcast today so i'm looking forward uh, to seeing how much you remember about our own podcast um it's probably gonna be even harder than usual for our listeners to try and answer that uh um, we're also looking at the film pattern from back in the day and we are talking about uh that's it um <laughs> that's all the things we're doing yep that's pretty much it uh but we start as we have in every single episode so far um with movie news Zijan, what have you got I've got the best news to start off our 100th episode on. And I've oh, been yeah. saying 100 many, many times. Good. Yes. Nicolas Cage. Right. Is set to <laughs> star in a new film about Nicolas Cage. Is Okay. Didn't that happen weeks ago? Yeah, is it? I'm pretty sure you, you already did this, but carry on anyway. No, I didn't. <laughs> Maybe He's I did. to recreate his corner and face-off roles. Did I say this last time? Oh no, that's different. I just I just wondered whether we're doing the best of news section for now. Are just covering all our favourite news stories from the last four years? Is that no, uh, no, definitely so not. So he's going to recreate Face Off. What? Yep, he's recreating his Conan and Face Off roles in a new film. The new film name of the film, uh, tongue in cheek, is called the, the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yeah, I think that I think there's definitely been rumours he was doing them. So that's that's more detailed than we had before. I think. Well, why definitely. not? Yeah, I know. The the film's writer and director um, only has just one feature directorial credit to date. Okay. So it can't possibly go wrong. Yeah, I mean, Nicholas Cage isn't known for wall-to-wall smashes these days, is he? But uh, if there's any actor who can get away with this, it's probably Nicholas Cage. Mm-hmm. I know. What? Wonderful news to start this episode. I, I think, because Con Air was, what, 90s, and Face Off was probably 90s as well, wasn't it? Maybe? Early 90s, yeah, John Woo. Long time ago. Uh, was it early 90s? Okay. Uh, so Nicholas Cage... I mean, I, I haven't seen him for a while. I guess he probably doesn't look as, as different as some actors might over that time period. But that was, yeah, 25, 30 years ago. Hmm. hmm. There'll be, my, my guess is there isn't a huge prosthetics budget. Uh, well, if they can make Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci look younger in The Irishman, they can definitely make Nicolas Cage look younger. Yeah, so my guess is that the budget on the the unbearable lightness of talent was it or something unbearable um, weight of massive weight, talent weight of talent. Um, they probably don't have the same budget as uh, the Irishman uh, probably, you know, no probably not <laughs> who, who knows uh, okay I might even watch it if it comes on Netflix 
Um, here we go. Uh, speaking, oh, speaking of Netflix, uh, there is a new Jennifer Lawrence Adam McKay uh, comedy coming to Netflix called Don't Look Up, um, which is all about uh, an asteroid that is coming to destroy Earth. I think Jennifer Lawrence's character is aware of this and is going around spreading the word. Uh, so Jennifer Lawrence has had a bit of a hiatus over the last year or so, hasn't she? Yeah, um, yeah. She's took a break. So um, probably well deserved because she's been she's working non-stop from quite a young age. Uh, but she's back, or she will be back with uh, with Don't Look Up. Mm. Um, do you know the synopsis of the the film? Uh, well, I'm sure there's a longer synopsis than I just gave, but Asteroid. Destroying yep. Earth. I'm going yep. around to That's tell people. That's pretty much it. Yep. That's it. Uh, but Adam McKay's. I mean, he seems to be doing mostly comedies these days. Well, kind of. Well, comedies with an edge. I think. Obviously, started with comedies, right? Um, did he start? With, yeah. So he, he obviously um, uh, the Big Short and and Vice, very well known for. This seems like it's not as politically savage as those, um, unless it's all a metaphor. Did you ever watch Melancholia? No, I don't watch Melancholia. I hated that film, but that was about like an asteroid type thing coming to destroy the Earth, and the asteroid was called Melancholia in possibly the least subtle metaphor I've ever come across in film. Uh, well, so, speaking of Netflix, I, I just got this little thing I need to pick on right now. So, I, I was just browsing earlier, um, yeah. and the film The Hustle came on. Ooh, so, the, the uh, last year, uh, it came out last year, that was the one with Rebel Wilson and Anne Hathaway. Very badly but received, it, yes. Very badly received. But in the synopsis of of, of uh, The Hustle, they put down Rebel Wilson from Pitch Perfect and Anne Hathaway from The uh, the Princess Diaries. Oh, right. Starring in these films. I know, right? Anne Hathaway has starred in so many more films. She's, I mean, she's got since, an Oscar. <laughs> since The Princess Diaries. I have no idea why they put the quip in. It's so bizarre. <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe that's the target audience is people who loved the, Princess Diaries <laughs> oh dear so that's my one gripe uh, today while I was browsing Netflix I was like oh. and Hathaway is definitely more famous than that did you watch it? no good man uh, <laughs> my, my brother just said that he's never been as insulted as when uh, when his net, when his Netflix recommended that he might like that <laughs> what has he been watching? that's the question really I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was Anne Hathaway's latest attempt to do an English accent, wasn't it? Which uh, she she did a very good English accent in One Day. No, it wasn't a great accent. She, she did, what is it? Um, she did something else. Oh, I can't remember now. But she she has done a good English accent before. But now she, uh, I think she's trying to go regional. Mm-hmm. Wow, R- risky. Anyway, anyway just find a grape. Was that that was your news? Was it? Or? No, that's not my news. I never get to gripe on this podcast, Colin. You get to do all the griping, and I was going through about all, all the past podcasts we've done, and you've oh, yeah. done a lot you've of li- griping. You've listened to all ninety nine episodes to get ready. <laughs> of course, I have. That's, that's stellar I'm work. Going to right? win this quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I have been known to gripe from time to time. It's true. So you've mostly griped about me, but this uh. <laughs> just also true. <laughs> Um, okay, my my our news. Next our news is that uh, Anthony Hopkins is to star as Mike Tyson's trainer in the new biopic film. Oh, I didn't know there's a Mike Tyson bo- biopic film. Yeah, okay. so the the um, the film is called Cus and Mike because the name of uh, the trainer is Cus D'Amato, and that's who Anthony Hopkins is playing. Oh, so he's the he's the lead, is he? I, I believe so. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. his his name comes out first in the in the title of the mm. film, anyway. Um, because uh, as you can imagine, Anthony Hopkins is not 
particularly yeah. young right now. True. True. Yeah. So Never again, Mike, yeah, it's quite an elderly coach with a very young Mike Tyson as well, and bringing him and grooming him into one of the best boxers out there. So I think that kind of dynamic is quite interesting, on its own. And obviously, um, he has apparently had lots of um, he has trained many many good boxers in his time. Do you know if Mike Tyson's involved at all? Because he's, I'm sure he, he does quite a lot of entertainty type stuff. Like he turns yeah, up on shows and things. Didn't he true. do a one man show? On uh, yeah, he did appear on a, as a one man show on Broadway. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Uh, and he appeared in the Hangover, I believe. He did. He did. He was in How I Met Your Mother for a bit. Well, mm. one episode. Yeah. Well, who knows? He probably will cameo in it, right? There's no way he wouldn't. I do. I do find it very strange as. A, the rehabilitation of Mike Tyson, who is a convicted rapist. Uh, but there you go. Uh, speaking of boxers, uh, Creed 3 script is now is officially in the works. Um, so it's being written by someone called Zach Balin, um, who has written King Richard, uh, which is in production at the moment, which is a film about uh, the, the, the Williams sisters, or more particularly their father, Richard Williams, who trained them both. Uh, so he's. I think the first script was written... Um, Oh boy. He's the guy directed Black Panther. Ryan Coogler. I think the first one was written by Ryan Coogler and the second one was co written by Sliced Alone. But um, there's a, a new name come in. Okay. Uh, I think we, we reviewed both the Creed's and we also in the second one. Um, my, my view is the second one wasn't quite as good as. Well, wasn't. was quite comfortable, not as good as the first one. I think you thought it was a bit better than that. I enjoyed both of them. Yeah. I think uh, Michael B. Jordan is great though. So. so good. And Tessa Thompson, fantastic. Yeah. And I think and, and Sly Sloan is great in those in as a kind of older Rocky. So I'd definitely uh watch it. But it's I, I assume they would make it, but it's good to know that it's um it's coming along. Mm. Um I I've not heard that. That's news that's new to me as well. So <laughs> there you go. Um, my next bit of news is that Martin Scorsese has just opened up about his next film. Um starring uh, both Leo and Robert De Niro. Mm. And the film is called Flowers of the Killer Moon, which uh, I don't have a lot to go with. But apparently it's a Western. All right. Yeah, it, it happened in around 1921 to 1922. And it's about the relationship between Native Americans and a vindictive American government. So, Because mm, those, those two have, have been lined up for this for quite a while now. But, um, yes. Uh, but that's a bit more interesting. Uh, what I find amusing is that... Um, I've seen a few places saying this is the first time that uh, that De Niro and DiCaprio have both been in a Scorsese film together, unless you count an advert that he directed for a casino in Dubai or something. <laughs> and there's, there's this like this weird, I don't know, five ten minute whatever it is advert that that features them both and that he directed, and that presumably they all got paid many millions to uh, to do. There you go. Hopefully this will be better than that. Uh, Jurassic World three. Or it started shooting and it's got a title now which is Jurassic World Dominion. We've talked about Jurassic World before. I didn't I, I enjoyed the first Jurassic World. I did not like the second one. I can't remember your views on these. Uh, but the third one is looking to bring back the kind of the original cast and the, the, the newer cast. So, yeah, not not excited at all. And this is coming from someone who loved the first Jurassic Park as well. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean I off the back of the most recent one, I'm not excited. I think I, if the reviews are all right, I'll probably watch this. But um, I, I didn't love the original Jurassic Park. I, I didn't watch it until I was um, much older. So it doesn't have like, a place in my childhood or anything. So the prospect of, of Sam Neill and Laura Dern returning is not quite as exciting as it is for some people, I guess. Mm, that's true. 
Oh, well, well, but we'll it, see how it goes. But it's directed by Colin Trevorrow, and you've got, you've got to look out for the Collins of this world, Ethan, I've always said. Have you? Have you really? I've always said that. That's the thing I say. <laughs> go, go back and listen to the previous 99 episodes. I'm sure I said that before. Right. Anyway, I must have missed them. Or I must have just blanked them off. <laughs> Selective hearing. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of Collins, Colin Farrell, nice. Brendan Gleeson, um, Martin McDonough are uh, teaming up again. So the last time they teamed up was in Bruges, which I know you didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're doing a new film again. They uh, do uh, Seven Psychopaths together as well. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Um, but this this film is uh, set on a remote Irish owl and Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson play two lifelong friends uh, who find themselves at an impasse when one ends their relationship abruptly. Um, Marty McDonald, um, he has done quite a few things since uh, in Bruges, uh, including the exceptional three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I know you're not looking forward to this because you didn't really like uh, in Bruges, but um, I did enjoy it. So I'll be um, looking forward to this. Any, so. of our, any of our Belgian listeners, will, I, I believe you don't pronounce the S of in Bruges. Um, yep. So, I uh, <laughs> don't think we have any Belgian listeners though. If you are Belgian, let us know at cdzmovies at cdzmovies <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, we, we'd love to hear from our Belgian our Belgian listeners. Um, James Mangold is apparently maybe taking over the reins of Indiana Jones 5. So uh, uh, Indy 5 has been in the pipeline for a long time. Rumour has it that Harrison Ford only agreed to come back for Star Wars if they let him do Indy 5, um, which Spielberg was presumably going to be directing as he's directed all the others. Um, but apparently the, the word is that he's thinking of stepping over, stepping down and passing on to James Mangold. Hmm. Um, which I think would be an interesting move. I, I, I again, I don't love it, the Indiana Jones films, but um, I, I don't think Spielberg has made. I mean, he's he's made some good films over the last few years, but none of them have been brilliant. I think um, uh, Bridge of Spies is probably the best one he's made in the last few years, and that wasn't one of his classics. So uh, I think that's Mangold. fair. I think that's very fair. Yeah. yeah. Whereas James Mangold, obviously much younger director, he's he's uh, at the top of his game. So. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be excited by that, I think. Mm. My last bit of news and, um, is that The Saint is getting a reboot movie. Is with it? Rocket Man director Dexter Fletcher. Ah. I, um, I hosted a quiz a couple of weeks ago. One of my questions was, what is the real name of The Saint? Ah, I don't know. No. Simon, Simon Templar. For a man I've, who doesn't know, you I've got that, that got... down. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Correct. Have a point. Yay. Does that count to my quiz? No. No, no it does not. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know anything about the scenes, Colin. Uh, I I once read a a short story featuring the saint. So um, he was famously played by Roger Moore in a TV series and uh, by Val Kilmer in a, in a less successful movie. Uh, but I don't know much about myself. I, I think he's... I'm trying to remember if he's a spy or a detective or something like that, but he, he's fairly ruthless. I just okay. um, from the short story, I just remember that um, he found some bad guy and sent him to the police headquarters in a coffin. What? Was, was wow, that just turned yeah. dark. Who knows if that will feature? So Dexter Fletcher, I presume no word on casting or anything. No, nope, um, nothing yet. It's just uh, early days. But uh, yeah, I don't. There's, there's people, I guess, who remember the Roger Moore, who who love the same guy. I don't think people these days are. Are loving the saint, are they? Well, I do don't people, know anything do about still, it. Yeah, do people still read the saint? No idea. 
Uh, if you read the Saint, let no. Um, the I've got a couple more pieces of news. Um, no time to die, the new James Bond film. Um, apparently, it's going to clock in at two hours and forty three minutes. Oh my goodness! Which no, is, Colin, we're not doing this. We're which is too long. Please no. I can't remember if that's on our spreadsheet or not. Um, and the other piece of news, I'm just skipping past that because. Well, that, Listeners are familiar with my rule about two and a half hours being the most you need for a film. Agreed. I guess because it's, it's got to be Daniel Craig's farewell now, so presumably they want to give him a a long farewell. I don't know. It's not worth it. It's not worth my time. I'm walking out with 13 minutes to go. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, do that, Colin. Um, uh, finally, Bob Iger is standing down as Disney CEO at the end of 2021. Um, I saw that. Mm, which is... Well, I've anything saying it's taken the the industry by surprise, and then it says he keeps saying he's going to stand down and just delays it. So uh, who knows? But he's he. I think it's difficult to to overstate how much Bob Iger has changed Disney's in the in the years he's been there because it's gone from being uh, a pretty big thing that just that was mostly cartoons and stuff to owning most of the biggest films. Yep, pretty much everything really, right? Yeah, um, and that's a phenomenal. Um, change I, that he has made, but some, someone called Bob Chapek, 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 I don't know, um, is is in line to take over. So it seems like a, an in-house promotion. So I, I imagine it's not going to hugely affect things, but um, but who knows? But uh, speaking of of Disney's Ejan, um mm-hmm. now bet, go with me here. Go with me here uh, to celebrate our hundredth episode. I've been talking to my friends at Disney Plus, and I've got a great offer for. No, I can't. That's a lie. Um, it's just, <laughs> I was going to say I've got, got a great offer that you can get a year's subscription for only forty nine ninety nine, but that is true for everyone. So um, I've I've subscribed to Disney Plus season. I've I've made I've made my payment. Have you decided whether you're going to get it or not? I'm hoping me not saying anything will move this conversation along. It's never worked before. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell me whether it's worth it, and then I'll decide afterwards. Fine. We move on then uh, to to C or not to Z. Uh, our segment where we tell you the listener about a film that we have seen and whether or not you should Z it. Yep. I got that wrong, but hey, that'll do. Um, Zijan, have you been watching films? I have been watching films, and I saw the recent Oscar winner, Parasite. Did you? I did. Um, So, yeah, uh, for those who do not know, and you are living under a rock right now, Parasite made headlines for being the first foreign language film to win a Best um, Picture Oscar. Uh, in the most recent um, Academy Awards. Um, it's out in the UK right now. Um, and it's directed by Bong Joon-ho. Uh, quick synopsis. Uh, it's just looking at how members of a poor family who scheme to become employed by a wealthy family by infiltrating the household and posing as unrelated, highly qualified individuals. Um, yeah. Um, it's a very good film. Uh it is a really good film, and I can see where the accolades are thrown at it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they are they are very well deserved. I what I appreciate from this film a lot more is because how of how original it is, especially in the age of Hollywood where things are either reboots or remakes. Um, stories aren't as original as they can be. This one is very refreshing because it's very different, and uh. All the actors are brilliant in it. The performances are great. Um, it's I don't even know how to sell it as a film because it's a bit of a dark comedy. So there, there are bits which are laugh out loud funny, but an undertone of okay. it is about you know looking at the class system in um, South Korea, which can be quite 
quite depressing um, to see. Um, my only gripe with it um, is that the ending definitely could have been shorter. It went okay. a bit too long. Uh, but that's a small and considering um, how good the film is. So well, Todd is quite uh, quite violent at times. Is that right? It does get quite violent, especially towards the end. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it, I think it's only available as subtitles over here rather than dub. Is that right? It is, yeah. yeah. And I do prefer it in uh, subtitles, yeah, actually. Yeah, I, Most, I, I rather... There's no point in hearing a dubbed voice, I say. No, I, I've I've never liked listening to... I mean, I don't watch huge numbers of foreign films, but when I have, I've always preferred subtitles to the dubbing. Yeah, I, I heard uh, Bong Joon-ho is, has a TV series lined up with the same concept, if I'm not mistaken, an English remake? Oh, was it English? I knew he'd got a TV series lined up, but oh. I didn't know if it was English. I thought it was English, but um, yeah, I think it's... I, I think he shouldn't do it. I think this is a great standalone film on its own. Okay. Um, but yeah. Oh, well. I haven't got around to seeing it. I still, it's very much on my list. Um, is this the playing in Bristol? Uh, it was last time I looked, but uh, I think because it, it was just showing in well the watershed to the kind of uh, more artsy cinema here, and then when it won the Oscar, it suddenly got a uh, a wider release. Mm. I'm sure financially, it's done very well out of this. Uh, I've watched a couple of films. Uh, in fact, I watched quite a few films, but I'll talk about two of them. Um, one of them is is current, and one of them is is not. Um, so start okay. with one, uh, the one that isn't. So I saw Donny Brasco, um, which is I think from the nineties. Uh, it's Al Pacino, uh, who plays kind of a guy involved in the mob, the mafia, um, and uh, Donny Brasco himself is played by Johnny Depp, and he's an undercover policeman who kind of befriends Al Pacino, Al Pacino's character, uh, and gets involved. And kind of sees sees fairly horrific things and changes um, under the influence. All this has become much harder, and kind of witnesses murders and, and so. Uh, and it is very good. It's very good. It's, it's um, that description. I guess it's the kind of thing that I wouldn't necessarily seek out. I think uh, they can be good. They can be not. But I think this this is the best um, version of this that I've seen. I think I, I, I thought Alcino was superb. I thought joined up was was great these days he or for a long time now he, he tends to do quite big over the top caricatures in a lot of his films um and this was a lot subtler uh work so i think people should check out donnie brasco if they haven't already it's a classic so a lot of people mm. will already have done um and i also saw emma um ah, which is yes uh, yeah in fact I, I think i had a spare time i had to choose had to choose between uh uh emma and parasite and i chose emma but it's um uh, Jane Austen adaptation, obviously, of, of the book uh, of the same name. It's not the first time it's been done. I think there was a Gwyneth Paltrow film, famously. There was, there's been various BBC adaptations. Uh, this one stars Anya Taylor-Joy, um, who you will soon know from the New Mutants. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no um, not really. No, fair enough. She was also in The Witch. Uh, and it's directed by Autumn DeWilde. Uh, and I th- I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, it um, I think what's the word? I, the, the the production design is a bit over the top. I think so. All these very um, uh, all these pastel shades and kind of a lot of work has gone into the, the color scheme and and the music is a bit overpowering at times. So I, at first I wasn't sure, but I think the, the um, that kind of becomes less so over time, and, and the performances are really great. So Anya Taylor Joy is fantastic. I think she, she is kind of the definitive Emma. Uh, now I think okay wow um, the sporting cast is, is great it's actually um, very it keeps a lot of dialogue from the book which I like because um, quite often these things change a lot but yeah a lot of it is taken from the page uh, and yeah, Miranda Hart is in it she's actually, she's very good as well uh, Bill Nye uh, 
so yeah, I can see it's it's got flaws, but I loved it. I think it's fantastic. I can't <laughs> wait to see it again. Oh, my my colleague told me she watched it recently as well, and she loved it as well. But it's not as good as Little Women. So I think you should watch All Little right. Women. Okay, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll get around to Little Women at some point. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is this has joined the the BBC Prime Prejudice and the the um, ITV Northanger North ah, Abbey nice. as my my favourite Jane Austens. I think we all love Jane Austen. So we do, except for Mansfield Park. I didn't like Mansfield Park, but that might just be me. Um, we move on then, Zijan, to our uh, main segment of the day, which is looking back uh, since so back to everything since April 2016. Yep. Uh, using UK release dates, although I'm not sure it's going to make much difference, um, as our top 10 favourite films. Uh, sometimes when we do this, I ask out for listeners' views, and I did not this time. No, I think it's more complicated this way. I think it makes more sense for this 100 podcast to be just us, just really. the two of us oh. just the, well um, we started together colin we did we did i thought also yeah when you put on facebook or something like um what's your favorite film beginning with letter r people have whereas if it's like what's your favorite film since the 6th of april 2016 they'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> uh so we do as we always do we start off um as our 10th we work up to the first i've got a spreadsheet on the go where i will allocate points one to uh one to ten uh, and then we will find out what is definitively and without doubt the best film since whatever date I just said. Uh, I have to say, right, 2016 is a very year for films. Oh, Honestly, it is. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to bleep. I'm gonna find out where the bleep button is again. <laughs> is, is well, you 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 are going to put in like marching band songs and all that, right? So, so it's, you might it's gonna be, be easy to find that. I seem to be swearing in our first episode, and it's and it's and now our hundredth. That's uh... <laughs> We've come a long way, Colin. We've come a long way. <laughs> oh uh, okay. Um, it, yes, it was, it, I was going through the thing, ooh, this is a bit, bit shaky. Um, whereas in the last year or so, I've, I've had a lot of good ones that I, I was sad to miss out on. I, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Can I just start with some honourable mentions? Oh, go on then. Just because they, they, I'll miss them. Anyway. Do you want, actually, wait a I'm going to say no, actually, uh, just because really? it'll ru- ruin the surprise a little bit. Let's, let's, okay. do, let's do the honourable mentions um, just before we do the winners, shall we? Okay, yeah, let's do that then. Cool. So, uh, my number 10 is kind of a cheat. All right. <laughs> because I'm combining both last Avengers films together in one. You cheat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can add the points however you want to, Colin. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's probably not going to win anyway, given how we scored our points. It's uh, it's almost certainly not. Yeah, exactly. So, there's no point then. But I, I think we should... I, I just like to put them together because uh, it makes sense to put them together. Um, just because of... You know, the sheer achievement of uh, them accomplishing it. So this is Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, most people think prefer Infinity War over Endgame. I, I love them both equally. Um, and I've seen Endgame in the cinemas three times alone. Uh, just just to nice. show how much <laughs> just to show how much I really enjoy this film. Being a comic book fan and being a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, to have these two films as a combination of all the world building that they've done, it's uh honestly it's uh it's great to see that 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 those films come out it felt like it felt like I was being rewarded for my loyalty in that sense it was definitely aimed at the fans yeah 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 um cool yeah they've actually missed out on mine they, they came close um maybe if I if I realised I could combine them I might have spun them a bit <laughs> but, um I think for me, I I, I did I, I loved them I, th- I thought they were great um but when I go back and watch the Joss Whedon ones I just think. I just miss his dialogue and his character work. I think. That's so fair. To me, the Russos never... I mean, the spectacle the, and, and managing all the different plot lines and characters, I think they did better than Joss Whedon did in, in Age of Ultron, though. But um, in terms of those uh, those characters, 
I just love what Joss Whedon did, and I always kind of think Russo's didn't quite manage to get, hit the same heights. It's Thor, right? You hate Thor. I did hate Thor, but it wasn't just that. I think it's um, a lot of it is a bit. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's more memorable lines, I think, in Joss Whedon's than there are uh, in the Russo's. Hmm. Okay. And also much better uh, visuals. So if, if we were going back to 2012, I would put Avengers top of my list, but there you go. Tenth um, place for me uh, is Joker um, from last year. So we, we did a whole episode on it, but uh, Wacking Phoenix has just rightly uh, won an Oscar for for playing Joker in that film. Uh, I think I think it's a great new direction for comic book films to go. I, I love Scorsese um, stuff, so it was good to see those kind of influences coming through uh, all around. I think it was a great film. Oh, I love I love Joker too. I really do. Um, it just missed my top ten though. Yeah, yeah, mm, it's a very good film. Um, my number nine is uh, an animated film. Uh, I just I feel like I should put an animated film in anyway. But right. uh, the past three years hasn't been great for um, animated films, in my opinion. Um, those the ones that came out. And I know you love Toy Story four and all that, Colin. But I didn't like it as much as you did. Sure. Um, you know, Frozen two was out. Incredibles two was out, but. More or like more, most of them were more disappointing than anything. So I don't think it was a very good three and a half years when it comes to animation. But what who, I love, who, who can forget you make me watch Coco? <laughs> I did make you watch Coco. Um, but I love um, Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh uh, yes, yeah. Uh, this is a, a Leica Productions is a, a stop motion. If you see, uh, if you see animation, you see a stop motion production. Honestly, it's it's stunning. The amount of work that goes into creating yeah, that yeah. is insane. It's insane. They have to build all these models from scratch, and it's it's ah, oh, it's it's so beautiful. And and if a film comes out as beautiful as that, it's just it's just a wonder to see. Actually, um. And Kubo and his two strings um, has a very good um, storyline as well, which uh, which helps it along. Um, I think the only disappointing thing is that it, it was a box office disappointment. How was it? Okay. Yeah, it, it made a profit, but not as much as they wanted it to. And I think, which is a shame, because I would like to see more stop motion and more original stories rather than the sequels we got, as I mentioned earlier. Um, so... Hmm. In a sense, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed that they didn't do as well in the box offices that they should have, but it's still on my uh, top 10 films. Cool. Um, in at 9 for me is uh, Bad Times to the El Royale, which might be a bit of a surprise. I, I caught it um, very late in its run. Uh, I almost missed it, but uh, it's a uh, lot of people who come to this, this hotel called the El Royale. Um, they all uh, seem to be disconnected and there's um, it's kind of the interactions but there's all um, lots of uh, developments along the way twists and you find out more things you kind of see one character's point of view then another another it's, it's quite obviously um, influenced by Quentin Tarantino and, and there are kind of scenes of, of, of violence and things but uh, I just I love the, dy- the the dynamic the tone I like the way the characters uh, interacted with each other and, and that the storylines intertwined mm. uh, it's just great great mysterious um, situation you never knew quite what was going to happen uh, next and it looked beautiful and I I, I don't know things I, I, it's this kind of abandoned hotel that's had glory days in the past and it is now run down and hardly anyone's there I, I like that kind of dynamic as well I think that's got some fun stories to it it's I'd say it's it's not perfect by any means I think I think I've described it as a flawed masterpiece elsewhere and I'll probably stick with that uh, I was thinking that I was thinking of putting uh, 
so I I roused through this um, when I was doing my list earlier, yeah. and I, I remembered very clearly while I was doing it that I thought that this film had a very weak third act. Yeah, I think I wouldn't say personally. I wouldn't say it's very weak, but I think it was the weakest. Uh, uh, I thought it still worked, but possibly didn't quite live up to the first two. Uh, so I, I think that's fair. That's fair, oh. but for me, it was good enough to. That's why it's. Uh, that's why I, it's not on my list as well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, maybe if it had a better third act, it would have been competing towards the top of my list. Uh, but it's still, for me, it was good enough to to make it. Uh, my eighth favorite film is ironically the favorite. All oh, right. Uh, with uh, Olivia Coleman, uh, Emma Stone, and Rachel Weisz, um, came out early last year. Uh, one of the reasons why I love it so much is because of Olivia Coleman. I think she's brilliant, mm. and I'm glad you know that film introduced her to me. Really, I okay. mean, or, looking at all the speeches, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, introduced me to her. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's brilliant. It's, uh, it's not 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 just an actress, but you know, I've just been looking at all her awards, acceptance, and all that her speeches. She's she just comes across very very personable person. Someone I've, been, like I've been watching a lot of the Mitch and the Web uh, look, which is a sketch show from ten years ago, maybe. Uh, and she's in that as a kind of a backup person in the first couple of seasons. And it's just uh, kind of weird seeing her do all, kind of be the person who sets up the jokes for them. And now she's an Oscar winner. And uh, <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, great performances by the main three actresses. Um, love. Uh, I think I thought it was just very, very well shot and very well made. Um, I mean, it's it can go a bit over the top and a bit quirky, but I I do like it that way. I I like I like uh, it's yeah. I, I just like it. I I know you you don't. I didn't love the film. No, yeah, no. I love it. Yeah, um, I thought. Yeah, I agree. The performances were good. I just didn't. Um, I don't know. I didn't like the direction particularly, and I guess it wasn't. It it didn't make my list, and it wasn't really close. Uh, mm. In my view, but uh, but fair enough. I think my main takeaway, my main thing I remember is the the weird fish eyeball, or the fish eye lens they used. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, that that was the only weird bit which I didn't like. Uh, uh, eighth for me is Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, so the the Jumanji reboot slash sequel, uh, starring The Rock, uh, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillan, and uh, Jack Black. Um, it's strange. I went into this expecting pretty much nothing. I think I just it was over the Christmas period, and I thought, well, why not? Sounds fun. Um, and to be honest, I think this is for for what it's doing is about as perfect as one of these films can be. Uh, mm. I think it's, it it should be studied by people who are trying to do reboots because it, it pays enough credit to the original without being slavish and without throwing in lots of fan service. Not the, partly because there aren't huge numbers of Jumanji fans, I guess. Uh, but it just it was perfect. It was well updated. The cast bounces off each other brilliantly. Uh, I, I kind of uh, playing a little bit against type. But I mean, Kevin Hart and The Rock do a few things together that are very funny. Karen Gillan is superb. Uh, Jack Black was reined in sufficiently that he was he was um, good value. Uh, I just think for a family Christmas blockbuster. Uh, you can't really ask for more than this. I've no, I yeah. agree. It's a very good film. Yeah, the sequel I thought was a little bit, um, for me, it was a little bit disappointing. It felt kind of as a bit of a retread without too much uh, else going on. But uh, yeah, I love this one. Good, good, uh, I good work. Both. The many, many writers behind this film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number seven is uh, I, Tonya. Margot Robbie as the titular character. We've spoken about this film before as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, and I know you love this film as well. I'm not sure whether it's made your list or not, but we'll find out. We'll um, find out. Yeah. Great performances by both by everyone in this film, really. Like you, and honestly, Margot Robbie doing all the stunts in this film is quite astounding. Um, and obviously, yeah, Alison Jenny. Spoiler: She didn't do them all. Yeah, um, <laughs> they put her face onto another skater. Some body of them. Yeah, that's true. But yes, uh, and Alison Jenny won the Oscar for this. I mean, like this this film, I thought was one of the well edited films. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you know, they had to do quite a bit of cutscenes between doing interviews with her, um, doing interviews with all the main characters and you know, I thought they done they did it well. The the story felt like it was following a coherent trajectory. No, I think it's one of, probably one of the best edited films out there. So, um there you go, I thought, yeah. yeah, the the performance is fantastic. The fourth wall breaking, um the kind of the, the unreliable narrators. Yeah, it was all uh, done really well. Forth. I thought um the guy who played the the bodyguard whose name is Casey Lowen. Um, Paul Walter Hauser I thought he was fantastic as well yeah I love that film uh, you may be seeing it on the list <laughs> um, I've got a, an animated film coming in as, as my um, uh, I know which one this is as choice. well uh, yeah it's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse uh, is that what you thought it was going to be? no yep yep uh, I think it's uh, breathed fresh life into well into not only the um animation universe but also, also kind of um, superhero films it's I think yeah it just made Pixar films seem so boring by comparison uh, having Pixar's been trailblazing for a long time and in fact I'm sure we'll get um, some great Pixar films this year but uh, to see this new style of animation this uh, different characters being animated in different ways to, so that it's the closest to a comic book being put on the screen I think and obviously uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller who are involved in it are, are very good and they know what they're doing uh, so I'm very much looking forward to the sequel whenever it comes around oh, I love this film so much I really do I really do love Spider-Man into Spider-Verse well mm. you may see it coming up mm. <laughs> oh, okay. my sixth favourite film is um, uh, Rocketman so the Taron Egerton playing um, Elton John uh, in Rocketman um, honestly he was definitely snubbed for an Oscar nomination. That was amazing. In, yeah, I don't know how he didn't. This awards. Um, it's Rocketman is objectively the better film compared to Bohemian Rhapsody last year. You know, it tells a better story. It doesn't iron out all the creases. It shows everything. Everything in all his uh, poor light. And honestly, um, oh, and, and the songs. And Taron does his own singing as well. You, yeah, you've got to give yeah. him credit for that. Um, and yeah, uh, it's such a shame that this film was totally overlooked by the the academy apart from winning best song yeah no i think i agree great great story great directing great performances uh it really you see the whole range of elton's life um the the highs and the lows <sighs> but uh it may be featuring in my list um <laughs> uh next for me is green book which did win uh best picture at the oscars it's uh vega mortensen as an italian-american uh, kind of nightclub bouncer who uh, takes Mahashala Ali's character who's a musician on a kind of tour of the deep South America in the 60s I think uh, got Linda Cardellini Linda Cardellini as Viggo Mortensen's uh, wife as well and it's kind of exploration of uh, racism but also the kind of the, the dynamics between these two characters they've got um, the kind of inherent prejudices of Viggo Mortensen's character but also the prejudices people might bring towards American, American, uh, American Italians as well uh, I, I loved both the lead performances. I, I love Linda Cardellini as well. I think she's really fantastic in this film. It got a little bit of a backlash around Oscar time, I think, because it wasn't everyone's favourite and, and 
there were some issues where the, the, the family of Mahashal Ali's character um, questioned some of what went on. But uh, I, I thought it was fantastic. I've seen it again since Mahashal Ali won an Oscar for it, and, and rightly so. The director, Peter Farrelly, it's a very much a, a change for him because he's best known as um, one half of the Farrelly brothers doing things like Dumb and Dumber or there's something about Mary. Uh, so for him to do something so kind of tender and and um, poignant was a big surprise. Okay. I still haven't seen this film yet, so I really need to watch it. Mm, check it out. Hmm. Right, my number five is uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. There you go. There you go. Fine. Um, my number five is 1917. Um, I think the most recent film on this list. So it's uh, it was the favourite to win Best Picture and Best Director at the Oscars. Obviously, Parasite did in the end. Uh, Sam Mendes, it's First World War epic where uh, it all appears to be filmed in single shot. Uh, the performances, again, are, are great, but the I think more the, the directing, the, the scale, the scope of the thing, it, it never feels... Like they're doing it to show off to me. I think it feels natural and, and part of the story, and it gives that that drive and, and impetus. Uh, Roger Deakins won an Oscar for it, rightly so, because it's some beautiful work from him, uh, and it really kind of makes you feel like you're in the middle of this uh, this war. It's yeah, it's a superb film. I haven't seen Parasite, so I can't say which is better yet. Um, mm. But I, I, I thought it was a, a phenomenal achievement. Hmm. Yeah, nineteen seventeen didn't make my list at all. Um, I think I mentioned to you why I didn't like about it before in previous podcasts in my quibbles. But yeah, I just didn't find it as emotionally resonant as um, other war films I've seen before. But yeah. fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number four is uh, Lady Bird. This is the Greta Gerwig's coming of age story. Um, mm. Probably has one of the, you know, the cast of the best young actors out there right now. With Shirley Ronan, Timothy Chalamet, Lucas Hedges starring in this film alone, um, well, yeah, you can't get a cast, you know, a young cast as good as this, I think, yeah. out there right now. Um, it's a fantastic coming of age story about a story about a young girl and her relationship with her mother, and uh, the, the scene at the end gets me all the time when um, uh, Laurie Metcalf's character, the mom, um, drops her off at the airport, and oh, uh, I find that it's very relatable uh, in certain bits mm. as well. So that's probably why I enjoy this film a lot more. Um, yeah, that most people do, but it's a great film. It's nominated for Oscar as well, so it's not yeah, yeah. And it was, it was, it didn't didn't make my list, but it was very close. Uh, it's one, one of the also. Yeah, I think Sasha Ronan is so good. Um, and in fact, Laurie Metcalf, I thought was was fantastic in this. I think she, I mean, she was up against Alison Janney, but I thought she was, if anything, uh, even better uh, in in that role. Yeah, it's a beautiful uh, film, and uh, feel. I mean, I feels more accurate representation of 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 kind of teenage life than a lot of teenage films um are. uh next movie is rocket man great there's my turn again i guess yep. <laughs> okay now we are running up the top three top three bronze bronze medal position bronze medal position uh i think the top three i think um are quite predictable on my end uh if not so but um if you know me well enough my number three is uh, Logan. Okay. So this is the James Mangold film, uh, which tells the story of uh, Hugh Jackman's uh, Wolverine's character in the older in a post-apocalyptic world, I would say. Um, yeah, and, that's very fair. Yeah, yeah well, that's very fair. Yeah. Apocalypse? I don't. I mean, it's, it's post X Men Apocalypse, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, it, it kind of. Yeah, and it's set in a. It's it's treated like a Western film anyway. Um, I think uh, this film went 
you know, showed a lot more depth than, than most people expect from a superhero film. Mm, um, I yeah. remember being quite emotionally uh, affected by this film at all. Um, Hugh Jackman, this role gave him his break, Wolverine, and I'm glad to see him round it up in the end as well. And giving it, you know, he loves this role. It's, it's quite clear that he loves what, who he's playing. Well, and he's been playing this character for how many years already? And yeah. he's given this role a lot of respect. And I think this film itself gave this um, boring character uh, a lot of respect uh, to the end so i love this film yeah it was it was it didn't make my list but again it was it was close uh i think it was lovely to see him be able to give a payoff to this character that because he, he's done some pretty bad uh wolverine, <laughs> wolverine stuff. films yeah. yes um and whether that's solo films or appearing in, in others but but so so much great i mean the, the first couple of X-Men films and then Days of Future Past are, are fantastic. So it's nice to see him be able to do... And again, I feel like Joker to be able to do a different genre, do something a bit different. Uh, that was that was nice that the studio was willing to, to take that. Because it is a bit of a risk, I think. Of course, since, yeah. I don't think the Wolverine films are done brilliantly. Um, so to take that risk and say, okay, let's do something different. Let's go out of continuity. Uh, third place for me again I don't think it's going to be a huge surprise um, is the film La La Land um, <laughs> with uh, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling Damien Chazelle I think everyone knows about this film um, I won't go on about it too much but the first time I saw it I think uh, it was I came away very downhearted and then watching it again I think okay no, I, I get it um, but it's yeah, great songs uh, the singing might not be perfect but uh, the songs are great and the acting is brilliant those two together are phenomenal uh, Damien Chazelle is a great director uh, my friend Mills said that when she discovered I like this, um, it's made her completely reassess me because she hated it. So there you go. Um, yeah. Sorry, sorry Mills. <laughs> uh, uh, it's not Damien Chazelle's best film. It's not, but it's his best film of the year uh, of the last that's, four that's years. The, that's um, the thing. Whiplash is a way better film than La La Land. Yeah, Whiplash is better, but this is still great. <laughs> yeah. Um, number two is... Mission Impossible Fallout. I was expecting that one, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you oh and your Tom Cruise obsession. That's what yeah, I was. I know, right? I know. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's insane. I'm not a Tom Cruise fan at all. Tom uh, Colin can attest to that. Uh, uh, certainly not certainly not as much as I am especially after The Mummy I think you're coming around um, I'm, I'm expecting Mummy to be your number one pick. <laughs> no. Yeah, so Mission Impossible Fallout came out after The Mummy. Did and it? the mummy was a horrendous film. It really was awful like, in so many ways. I, I still like, haven't. I like the fact you. that in this episode that we're talking about our favorite films, you still find find space to give the mummy a kicking. Yeah. Of course I do, and you for forcing me to watch it. <laughs> <sighs> it was awful. Coming out from that, I didn't have high hopes for the new Mission Impossible, but it, this one definitely blew me away. In this is what I would call uh, is the quintessential action film. It mm. really is. Or in any action film you want to watch, this is the one. It takes so many boxes. You know, all the stunts that are in it. Tom Cruise, like this crazy daredevil, doing all the stunts himself. It's insane. It really is insane. You know what I mean? <sighs> the stunts that I love, <laughs> like the skydiving stunt, the one with the helicopter, it's him running across London and breaking his knee in the process. It's the amount of dedication this guy does give, gives to the craft, right? You you have to admire it after this yeah, film, especially. It's well, I mean, this is I say it didn't make my list, but it was it was probably the one that was I was saddest to lose from the list because it is uh, it's it's a wonderful wonderful film. I think I think 
the whole Mission Impossible franchise is been underrated for a long time and this is the thing this is the one where people finally realize actually this is a this is an incredible franchise uh and i mean i don't watch a lot of action films but you compare it to the ones i have seen certainly i think it's, it's head and shoulders both of those and uh, the amount of love and care that goes into it as well yeah. um silver medal for me goes to a film called the edge of 17 um which uh, stars Haley steinfeld i think it was uh I was going to say it was one of her bigger... Obviously, she got Oscar nominated for True Grit when she was a kid, but uh, hadn't, I don't know what she'd been doing since then. Quite a lot of small stuff that no one really watched, but this got more attention. Uh, she plays a teenage high school student uh, who um, is kind of... I'm trying to work out what to say without spoiling too many plot points, but uh, she, she has various troubles at school and with her family, uh, and she is discussing those with friends and with, with a teacher played by Woody Harrelson. Uh, but it's just it's such a phenomenal performance from Hayley Steinfeld. It's I've, first thing I'd seen her in, possibly, or actually maybe Pitch Perfect Two was. Anyway, one of the first things I'd seen her in, and just blown away uh, by how good she was. It's it's funny. It's it's moving. It's um, it's again. It feels like a realistic teenager. She uh, she bounces brilliantly off Woody Harrelson. Uh, I was I didn't really hear about it, but I don't think it got a massive re- release over here. I could be wrong, but I, I hadn't heard about it much at the time. It was only on. I think I saw on Twitter afterwards people talking about it, so I got the DVD and yeah, really, really good film. I still haven't seen this either. <laughs> I'll check it out. It's so good. Uh, so this means we go to our, the honourable mentions now, Zijun, yes. before we announce the uh, the big winners. So a lot of these are very uh, big surprises to me as well. Um, Game Night, surprisingly oh, yeah. really yeah. good film. Very funny, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I very funny. Did, I, I just because you blame me for The Mummy, I seem to remember that was my idea to watch that one, wasn't it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, this TV. is your idea and it's great. This is a great recommendation. Uh, it, the first one, especially, okay. not the second one, um, remade the, the original film in a very um, very considered way. Um, it's creepy and scary, but uh, the child performances are amazing. Child actors, insanely good. Mm. Knives Out, yeah, for truly yeah. being exceptionally uh, original, which is, uh, as I mentioned before, rare these days. But I love it. Uh, who done it? Because most of the who done it, I've seen. I've read the books about them before, so I know who has actually done it. Yes, it's good to true. see. Yeah, yeah. It's good to see something that's new uh, from this. Uh, yeah, those are my three honorable mentions. Uh, yeah, so the ones that you've not mentioned already, I've got a few. Um, so uh, Marriage Story just missed out. That was uh, really uh, great. Um, as well. The Two Popes was fantastic. Uh, Greatest Showman I enjoyed a lot. That didn't make the list. Uh, Baby Driver didn't make it. Um, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And in fact, Emma, which I talked about earlier, um, was was, uh, was one, an honourable mention as well. So, uh, so I think, say, 2016 wasn't great, but there have been so many good films, particularly in the last couple of years, that, uh, yes. that I was sad to miss off this list. Uh, right, so this is the part of the podcast where I have tracked down and inserted a drum roll. Yep. <laughs> Just I know what your number one is by Illumination, surely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you know what my number one is? Uh, I don't think I do, actually. I should do. But uh, I can't think what it is. My number one film um, in the past three and a half years is Blade Runner 2049. Oh, I was not expecting that. Okay, I, yeah. knew, you, I knew you liked it. but uh... Yeah. Um, it's um, So I, I never grew up with the old Blade Runner films. I've not seen the Harrison Ford films at all. So I went into this um, only having read the book. All right. Um, this this film, um, first of all, it's brilliantly shot. Um, mm. uh, it got Roger Dickens his very late Oscar. His first Oscar, yeah, yeah. eventually. Yeah, for cinematography. It's 
it's so beautifully shot at all. Um, it's it's just like there's nothing much more. This uh, in terms of the the camera work is just stunning. It really is stunning, and you can see he after his um second Oscar from nineteen seventeen as well. He uh Roger Dickens is just amazing at his craft. It's he's just brilliant, and. For someone who comes into watching Blade Runner with very fresh eyes and not knowing much about it, uh, I I thought it was a very very good. Um, I just love this film. I thought um, Ryan so, Gosling. Have you seen the original yet? I've not seen the original. Oh. I don't want to ruin my my <laughs> my love for Blade Runner for this. Um, Ryan Gosling was great as uh, K. Um, Harrison Ford obviously made a, a cameo uh, at a point um, as well, but. What what I like about this film is that yeah, it 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 tells a very coherent story, edited well. Everything was tight, and these are the kind of things I love in films. And it also touches about you know what what is a thoughtful film about what makes a human right. So, uh, cool. My favorite film um from the last few years is of course X Men Apocalypse. Um, yeah. it's, of course. it's not. It's not. Um, it's uh, I Tonya, as you have guessed. And so the top, uh, the top three. Um, well, in fact, top four because we've got a joint third position. Um, Ten points goes to Blade Runner twenty forty nine and to Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Ah, uh, uh, in fact, the top three are the only ones where you and I have put them both on our lists, as you might expect. I suppose mm-hmm. um, number two, Rocket Man, but the winner uh, with fourteen points compared to Rocket Man's twelve is I Tonya, definitely the best film since we started doing the podcast. It is a very good film, though. I have to give it to. And in fact, I think th- we did episodes on Rocket Man and and Itonia. Did we do Blade Runner? I can't remember. Uh, we did. Cool. I don't think we did a Spider Man to the Spider Verse episode. But there no, you go. it's a shame. We should have dig deep into it. So if you want to go back and listen to those episodes to see if we've changed our mind since then, I, I think we said I think we agreed with what we just said. But who knows? If you want to see if Cian said he hated Blade Runner. Uh, <laughs> Then, uh, then go back just listen to the episode yep. I did think about doing the worst film since we started but uh, that would be a bit mean so uh, let's not do that although I just we have just thrown The Mummy and <laughs> X-Men Apocalypse under the bus um, and uh, I've just realised Last Jedi which should have been on my honourable mentions list as well anyway uh, we move on then to our segment Look Back in Oscar where we talk about an Oscar winning film of the past because we don't know the ones of the future and this time around it is Patton Pattern, 1970. So should I just quickly give the synopsis per usual? There's not too much about this, really. Um, it's a biographical film about uh, General George S. Patton, who is an uh, American general during World War II. Um, I think this the, this general is quite well known for being a very strict, very stern uh, general. He means no business. And I think he's also in love with war. He likes... Um, yeah, he likes war, really. Yeah, he's kind of, he said, what they say, be kind of lost without having war to, uh, to drive him. Drive him. He's a tactician. Yeah. Likes to set himself up against other generals, particularly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it stars George C. Scott as the titular character. He won six Academy Awards um, in 1970 for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, um, among others. Uh, it's also well known that, that George C. Scott. Um, refused to accept the Oscar mm. and became the first man who did so because he said he disliked the voting process and the concept of acting competitions. Yeah, because you get people like Marlon Brando refused to accept one because of the treatment of Native Americans or something like that, but just someone who just refused to accept one because they don't like competitions. That's interesting. 
Mm. I think I'd put behind me my, my qualms about competitions if someone offered me an Oscar. Okay. <laughs> Feel over it. Yeah, I I I don't I knew almost nothing about this real life general. Um I I yeah. I'd heard of the film, but uh, I didn't I'm not a, a military historian or I I have no real interest in military history to be honest. Um, and I've I've said before that I don't really like war films. I think it's, it's not quite true because things like 1917 I love. But what I'm not interested in, I guess, is some of the scenes we got here of just tanks blowing up other tanks, um, which doesn't interest me. What I was most interested in was kind of seeing the man himself and see what made him tick, uh, which we also got plenty of. It's a long mm-hmm. film. Mm. It is the first film I saw with an intermission. Yes. Yeah. Um, I could at least fast forward through that. Uh, I, um, I I imagine it must have been very expensive, particularly for 1970. It probably did. Um, a lot of the effects there, they, they, they do look quite expensive. But I have to say, right, while watching that, I was thinking, well, war films have definitely come a long way since 1970. Especially okay. since the most recent war film that I've seen um, was 1970. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, comparing both of them side by side, it's uh, some of the effects are... Definitely very dated. Yeah, well, I guess it must have been almost all practical uh, in 1970. Mm. It was only a few years before Star Wars, which obviously um, came on leaves and bounds, but it was, I imagine they they got real tanks and possibly even properly uh, blew some things up. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's good. it must be good for the time because it was nominated for an Oscar for visual effects as well. Um, oh, was it? But, okay. mm. Yeah, it did. So um, it didn't win, but yeah, it did. So, but it, it, it does look dated, uh, which is. Well, which is fair okay. enough because it's fifty years ago, isn't it? So it is. I mean, I, I didn't really. I thought it. I thought it aged very well, to be honest. But there you go. Um, in terms of the character of, of Patton, so Patton is not only the lead character, but pretty much the only character that you ever learn much about. You don't really. It's not a very likable character as well. Well, it's interesting. I, I, I had uh, he, he he he's quite abrasive towards his troops. So at one point, in a in a big turning point in the film, he um, berates a guy who's, who's shell shocked. And I wasn't sure. I, I'm glad the film wasn't a hagiopic, hagiopic hagiography where it just um, says, "Oh, he's a great general and should, and he's a great American hero." There, there was quite a lot of that, but they, they weren't afraid to say, "Actually, yeah, he wasn't likable, and he wasn't, he didn't make the right decisions, and he didn't care about people as much as he did about um, winning tactics the war. And, and winning." Yeah, there was a bit of kind of him as the patriotic hero, but I, I didn't feel. I've read a, re- a review, or a snippet of a review. Um, it's on Wikipedia. Kind of saying that you never quite get under the character under under the skin of the character, and I think that's probably fair, even with that amount of focus on him. You never quite work out uh, exactly what's going on. I think maybe it's the the whole idea is to make him a little bit enigmatic, anyway. Yeah, um, okay. I mean, I think this film has to be carried by you know this character alone. I mean, yes, this, yeah, yeah, um, and and I think George C. Scott was brilliant. He's very good. Him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, um, I think. If it fell to a different actor who could not have carried this film as well, I think this film would just fall flat. There's there's nothing else to this film apart from this this pattern, who it's is all, overwhelmingly all in all the scenes, and he needs to be there. He needs to be on point all the time, and he needs to you know elicit a lot all the emotions from the audience, like from being you know unpopular and you know not a nice guy to you know want to be sympathetic to be able to mm. understand his point of view so it's a lot of weight to be carried on one actor i think george c scott did it really really well um that's uh, i think yeah that's one of the strong strong points of this film really is him carrying this film on his shoulders yeah so so overall i'd say uh i think if you're 
the kind of person who loves watching uh, military documentaries and kind of like, particularly if you're interested about the the, the characters things like because um, the war is seen pretty much exclusively as generals um, outmaneuvering each other tactically yep. so it's mm. all about him taking on Rommel or him competing um, with his British equivalent and, and or, or seeing who's going to lead which charge well not charge which which part of the army in America and, and no attention whatsoever paid to uh, any of the individuals actually involved in the fighting so that that's that's not what this film is. So if you're into that kind of stuff, I think you'll love this film, and obviously a lot of people do. If you're not, you might find it a little... It drags a little, I'd say. Yeah, it um, does. It definitely does. Uh, um, so, I, yeah, I, li- I liked it. I'm glad, I'm glad I've seen it, but I don't think I'll rush to watch it again. Probably not. Not for a three-hour-long film. That as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- this same review, or maybe a different review, but there was a review that said you don't learn much in the second half that you haven't got in the first half, which I think is probably fair. That's uh, true. But yeah, there you go. Um, next time we go back to Actor Factor, uh, yep. where we look at the films of a particular actor. Who are we doing next time, Zija? We are doing, and I may be wrong, we may have done her already, but Kate Winslet. I can't remember. So, uh, uh, Well, you'll let me know anyway. I thought you'd watch, I thought you'd listen back to all 99 episodes. Um, <laughs> maybe, some of them. Okay. I didn't watch the Star Wars ones. The, those are where all the questions are coming from, right? It's just Tom Grayson, not Star Wars. That's good. <laughs> So in fact, there you go. We're moving on to the quiz. Um, it's a bumper edition. This is what it's a it's a hundredth episode special. We're doing ten questions each instead of five questions each. I know, I know. Pretty intense stuff. Uh, it's <laughs> it's all about our own podcast. Um, and I will kick us off. Why not? Um, and you'll love this first question, Susan. You'll love it. Okay. Um, of all the quizzes we've done, um, how many more have I won than you have? <sighs> Four. It's five. What? Oh, yeah, it's five years. You've won four, four years. You won one, two, three, four, five. Five, mm. yeah. Uh, no, you're going to love my first question as well, Colin. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you say love. I mean, <laughs> you won't love this question. <laughs> but I thought it would you know, it'd be nice to start off the, the quiz with the same question the, from the first quiz. Oh, that's, 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 that's cute. We came yeah. up with. And that came from you, Colin. You started. All right, so this is a question I've asked, so I should know the answer. Yes. In what year was the Jungle Book first published in book form? Oh, wow, that's a a terrible question. I know, right? (laughs) Look at that. (laughs) We've we've moved on since then, haven't we? Um, And just like you, you've offered me a five-year... Yeah, buffer. Oh, that is generous. Um, I know, right? (laughs) uh, 1898. Oh, yes, you made the buffer. It's 1894. Lovely. Um, uh, who was the first person that we covered in Actor Factor? Uh, that's uh, Jim Carrey. Very good. Very good. Uh, question two. The Shawshank Redemption was the first film in our recasting segment. But what was the most recent? Uh, Die Hard. That's correct. I, I miss our recasting segment. That was a good segment. Um, you could do that soon. I mean, we're still, it's still our podcast. We're still doing the podcast. It's not like this is over right now. <laughs> I think we st- we stopped doing it when we got fewer and fewer responses from people. But maybe even try again. Um, hey, here's a here's a question about a podcast you may not have listened to. Um, Simon and I, when he came on the podcast, did the top ten films beginning with the letter S. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the winning film? Oh, <laughs> just just to see if you ever listened to the ones. Oh, on. that's awful. That's so awful. Yeah, yep, yep. I hate this. <laughs> What kind of films do you guys love so much? <laughs> the thing is, Simon has very different tastes from you as well. 
don't forget we had all the uh, the votes from others as well. Yeah, Simon has very different tastes from you as well. And the only the problem is now Shawshank Redemption is stuck in my mind because I just mentioned it earlier, yeah. which is annoying. So I can't get it off my mind now. So I'm going to go with that. It's a good it's, film anyway. It's a good film, but it's not the one. It's uh, Star Wars was the winning film. Ah. Would you Simon, give yourself 10 points? Simon, Simon hates nothing. that film. Um, yeah, exactly. I didn't give it 10, but a lot of people gave it, um, gave it a vote. Uh, okay, question three from me is, only one actor was covered twice in our Actor Factor segment. Which really? actor is this? We covered an actor twice? Oh, yeah. Harrison Ford. Nope. It's Matthew Perry. Because you did it in a friend segment and you did it once before without me. Uh, I'm pretty sure we did Harrison Ford both times that James was on. Or maybe he did... No, I think we were going to do it. We didn't get around to doing it the first time. Uh, clever, clever. Uh, okay. Um, every year we do the C to Z Awards. Um, and one of the one of the favourite awards is the Anna Kendrick You Should Fire Your Agent Award. <laughs> uh, can you name any of the four people who have won that award? Oh, yes, I should know this. I love that, uh, that segment. You Should Fire Your Agent... Oh no! <laughs> oh, oh no, no! I know, Alicia Vikander should be in one of them. She did win it. Uh, the others are Oscar Isaac, Tom Cruise, and Rebecca Ferguson. <sighs> Thank goodness! Oh, Tom Cruise is in Tom it. Tom Cruise. That, that was hard. I don't remember why I did that. But, it's uh, the Mummy, right? Oh, uh, probably the Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember Alicia Vikander, Tomb Raider. <sighs> yes, and um, Submergence and something else. Yeah. So, question four should be quite easy because how many episodes did yours truly not appear in? Uh, seven. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so you remember we did an MCU villains ranking. Who came top of that? Ooh. This has to be... Uh, uh, is it Killmonger? No, because I ranked Killmonger quite reasonably low. I know you ranked Killmonger top. No, this is bugging me now because I know you ranked Killmonger top. Uh but it depends on what I ranked as top as well. <laughs> <laughs> Which is working. I'm going to go with Killmonger. Oh, it's Loki. Ah, oh, so close. But yeah, you did rank Killmonger top, I put right? Killmonger top, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that bit. Ah, that's a shame. Uh, this should be a g- gimme to you as well. So, excluding any Disney property, name three film sequels that we have reviewed in the main segment, but we did not review the original. Oh, okay. Um, excluding Disney. Yes. Um, oh, we we do so that? many. I mean, uh, there's six actually. So I'm just asking. There are six. Half. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Zombieland Double Tap. Yep. Uh, I can't remember whether we did Jumanji. Um, I also, I think we did uh, Jumanji Next Level. I'm going to say that. Did we? I thought we did. I'm going to look this up again. Okay. Pretty sure, we didn't, one? pretty sure we didn't have to on that. Unless we bumped it. Um, and a third one. Oh, Fantastic Beast of the Crumbs of Grindelwald. Uh, I can't give you that because we reviewed the original one as well. Oh, we did, didn't we? Okay. Mm. Uh, you could have named, I don't know about Jumanji, but Blade Runner 2049. Okay. Star Trek Beyond. Kingsman Golden I'd, Circle. I forgot we did those, okay. Mission Impossible Fallout. Did we not do... Uh, Oh, so no, no okay. and then it came out and Creed 2. We didn't do Creed. No. Oh, so, oh, I can have Creed would have been before we started. Yeah, a lot of this came out. Good question, mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I'm pretty sure we did. Actually, I think we're going to do Jumanji and then something, and something else got moved. So we, it could be, yeah. 
Anyway, um, of all the films that we've covered, yep. uh, which one comes last in alphabetical order? It has to be Zombieland Double Tap, right? It is. I'm quite annoyed I had to answer it as far as my question. <laughs> Before mine. Thank goodness. Is <laughs> <laughs> I've got my answers on my, my Excel spreadsheet as well, Colin. So okay, I'm fine. See you see it. That was partly why I was delaying because I was trying to think, of, trying not to say that one, but I couldn't think of anything. So a... uh, question six. This is going to be fun, Colin. Okay. For which segment of the podcast did you once say, some people say learn from our mistakes, but we say try again till it works? So you, you have been going back to listen to it. Brilliant. I have been. Uh, that sounds like the Tom Hanks game to me. It is not. No. It's a four-word game. Four-word game. Oh, well. That's the only thing we've done twice. The Tom Hanks game, we gave up. Did the we first give up after one try? <laughs> Uh, I'm, you know, the early days when we tried to do different things and they all failed um, so we, <laughs> uh, actually, uh, look back in Oscar that's a vaguely new thing that, that's succeeded I guess um, I think it's doing well yeah okay here we go um, well we've done this question already but uh, how many episodes have you missed uh, seven seven very good uh, question seven that I have for you is not something you'll like but okay. it's based on an episode that I've done according to me again right in the extremely popular Disney episode that I suggested, <laughs> how how many Disney eras are there? Uh, there are seven. That's correct. Um, oh, here we go. My next question. Uh, when we covered the seven ages of Disney, um, uh-huh. what, what did I compare each age to? The seven dwarfs. The seven dwarfs. Right. I was so pleased with that. Um, mm, that's, a good, that's, that's very good. Um, question eight. In our past 99 episodes, only once did the intro music is used twice in the same podcast. Which podcast was this? The intro music was used twice? Yep. Uh, it's what? very meta, right? Yeah, why not did you use the intro music twice? We, we, there was a brief period when I was putting some end music uh, at the end, which didn't work, so we stopped doing that. Um, the intro music twice... Was it in your Shazam episode? It was. Okay. Because I had to break it, break up the segments up. So uh, I okay. Do the music in just to break it up. Very good. Uh, question nine. Um, we did a Tom Cruise film ranking, did you? <laughs> oh, no. What came top of that? It has to be Mission Impossible uh, Fallout, right? Surely. No. No. Ah. Was, um, I think I ranked that quite a lot lower than you did. Uh, it was Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, yes. Uh, I forgot about that. Great film, though. Great film. Very great film. Uh, question nine. So, early this year, we did our usual Looking Back and Forwards episode. What film did I mention that I was looking forward to watching the most this year? Ooh. You asked me this question I did well. ask you this question. I remember which one I was looking forward to most this year. Uh, but which one were you looking forward to most? Because I was looking forward to Bill and Ted the most. Yep. Um, I think it might have been Dune. Nope. It's In the Heights. Okay, final question, and this is going to be quite easy for you, I think, because you've already covered uh, two of these. Um, we've done recasting for five different films. Can you name three of them? Uh, yes. Okay, well, I'll, I'll just give you the mic. <laughs> That's it, right? Uh, Die Hard, Shawshank Redemption, Back to the Future. Yes. Uh, the other two were Singing in the Rain and Groundhog Day. And this would be quite easy for you as well. Uh, name all three animated films that we have reviewed in our main segment. Uh, oof. I'm not sure that is that easy. Um, well, Coco. Mm-hmm. 
Toy Story 4. That's correct. I'm trying to think whether we did Spider-Verse. Um, we have discussed that on this podcast, and I think you said that we... No, we didn't do Spider-Verse, did we? Um, what else? It must have been a Pixar. You, you, oh, well, Lion King. No, it's The Incredibles 2. We, we did a Lion King episode. We did a Lion King. That's not animated. Yes, it is. It's on computer. That's live action. That's not live action. It's all CGI. <laughs> Fine. Uh, th- if I give you this point, will you win? That's my... <laughs> Let me uh, let me let me check. Um, but I'm taking that to the judges. If not, uh, this point would see as levels, Asian. If you win this year, Colin, <laughs> fine, I'll give it to you. That's, I mean, that's an animated film. That's surely, surely. Well, thank you. Thank. Did you include Incredibles two on the list of uh, sequels? Yeah. I, yes. I know. We, no, well, they, it's not. It's next out Disney one. Of course it is. The well, there you go. Six all. Um, with with that uh, controversial final question. <laughs> that that was fun though. I that was a lot it. of fun. Was, yeah. Um, I'm not sure anyone else enjoyed it. it just, <laughs> Probably not. It might just be you and me. Um, but I had a great time. Uh, I believe you're you're doing the quiz topic for next time, Zijan. Is that uh, is that right? Yes, that is. So uh, it will be on. I hope you've watched them. Studio Ghibli films. Uh, I haven't watched them yet. Um, well, you should start. I guess I'm going to have to. Uh, and what's our main topic for next time? That will be Onward, which I'm actually going to watch in 40 minutes' time. Is that out already? It's out uh, in Slack Cinemas. Ooh. Yeah. Um, also, before we end, um, thank you, listeners, for listening um, to the end of this episode and for listening all, all our 9.99 episodes so far and for supporting us. I uh, I agree. Thank you for that, and thank you, Zijan, um, for your ninety-three episodes of. Uh, <laughs> of service. Thanks, guys. Bye.